Beast OCR proudly presents BeastNet Podcast, sponsored in part by GH Under's Performance Base Layers and supported by the OCR community. Here we discuss all things OCR related. Welcome to BeastNet. All right, everyone. This is Mike here with BeastNet, and I've got Nick Thompson with me, and we're just going to sit and talk for a little bit. And yeah, how you doing, Nick? I'm doing good. So first off, I've got to ask, because we were supposed to do this interview like a month ago. But um, uh, it's about two months in the process because it was before my kid was born. Yes, my kid's like a month and a half now. So. Wow, is she that old now? How 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 is she? Her and Mama doing? Uh, they're doing good. They're doing good. So. That's good. That's really good. So, besides the baby, what else you got going on? I know you've got a few things that you're doing for beasts, and we got some runs coming up. And just kind of want to hear what do you got coming up? Oh, uh, we got a lot coming up. Uh, concert is it? Very nice. That'll be fun. What else you got? I know you've got the, I say we've got the Seattle runs coming up in April and I know you've got some workouts yeah. of the day, day and all that stuff. That's good. That is really good. And then, uh, yeah. are you doing the Seattle run? Seattle Spartan coming up? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I uh, will be there both days. Uh, uh, family issues have caused me not to do the hurricane event this year. Uh, so that'll slow me down a little bit. But we picked up uh, two other events this year. And we're going to do the Seattle run for the Patent Mud Run. That's awesome. So is uh, Yoshi running this this one in Seattle this year? She will be doing both. She's only nice. done Spartan Sprints this year. Uh, overall, this year she's going to go for her first trifecta. So she'll be volunteering both days and around both events. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. Uh, she's she always done OCRs with me since I've been doing them. The only one I wouldn't pay for her to do were Spartan events. And basically I wouldn't pay for Spartan events because they're different. Yeah. And I told her if she wanted to do a Spartan event, she had to start training with me, and she didn't want to train with me. And then she decided that she was going to do last year's uh, Spartan workout in February with me. And 
she showed up there, she did the event. And that's actually when I first met you. You came over and made fun of me because my shirt was too clean. Yep. And uh, she finished the event, and at the raffle afterwards, she won a free race. So for her free race, she was going to do the, the sprint last year, and she volunteered for the super. And so basically, she's been volunteering and racing for free, volunteering and racing for free. So as long as she's working hard and completing the events, yeah, I, I support her all the way. That's awesome. I was like, I can remember watching you and Yoshi finish. Was it the super last year? Yeah, um, I know it was the sprint last year. I took her and um, Derek. It was both their very first spark race. And they were literally the last two people to cross the finish line. Yep. Um, but uh, we looked at uh, overall time, and there was actually four people slower than my daughter. So time-wise, she was faster than four people. So they gave her something to build off of. Yeah, no, she, she got there. It was really cool. Uh, if anybody remembers the, the start last year, it came off of the, was it, the Spartan World Tour? Yep. And uh, the, the super the day before was just brutal. And by the time we did the race on Sunday, it was pouring down and it was cold. They got through, and the last three quarters of a mile, the weather just turned horrible. They hit the water to crawl under. And they cramped up in the water. I had to actually carry them through. Uh, Emily helped my daughter do the Hercules toys right before the finish. And after that, it was just kind of a, a, a limp all the way to the finish line. As we got there, we noticed a whole bunch of these people there at the finish line, clapping everybody on, which was awesome. It, it really brightened your spirits. And you know, it, it, it meant a lot to me because at that point, I think we'd only been members of BCR for about two or three weeks at that point. So to be welcomed across the finish line by all those members was absolutely amazing. It just made us fall in love with everybody. Oh, yeah. And I'm one of those, I, I always, if I'm at a race and it's the last racer, because they announce it, I'll make sure I'm over there because I have been that last racer. And I know yeah, and, uh, it's, it's amazing I'm feeling. Oh, Casey. And, yeah, and it took him like 13 hours to do the beach race, but he didn't quit, he didn't give up. My daughter was volunteering, got to walk him through like the last quarter mile of the race, and I think that was more important than anything I could possibly do to inspire her. Yeah, Casey's amazing. I've seen him a couple times, and I know last year at the Beast, I talked to him for a little bit towards the middle, I think, and uh, that was the yeah. first Beast he ever did, so... Yeah, he he kicks some butt. He's 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 great. Uh, he's amazing. But so, what got you into into doing these OCRs? I mean, was it was one? You know, everyone's got a, like a story of usually a friend tricking them into it. But how how did you get into this? Um, well, first of all, if anybody knows me, I have a very addictive personality. When I start something, I get really addicted to doing it. And uh, I've been doing uh, a kickball league up in Everett for a couple of years and I started with that uh, I met somebody who had a team asked me to join and we came over we took over the team and I turned our team into a championship team we won five out of seven years uh, winning first place and I'm very competitive and so I'm, I'm uh, I guess expelled from the team just because I, I, I get a little over the top 
and yeah. I was kind of searching for something new. And uh, it was uh, April of 2015. I came across a Facebook ad for Survivor Mudra. And it looked interesting to me, so I called a couple people into running it with me. Uh, my buddy, his wife, my daughter, and his daughter. And I went and did the race, and it was so much fun. And so I was like, okay, what else is there? And then I came across uh, Warrior Dash. And we did that, and I was like, oh, man, this was even better than what the survivor was. And then my buddy, he was like, hey, there's this thing called uh, a Spartan race. It's supposed to be really difficult, really hard. And, you know, she looked into that, and I looked into it, and like, two months later, there was the 2015 Spartan race, and I'm super, not that over. So I had my back surgeries on the of that race. So we finished, and I'm always, what's next one? awesome yeah it always seems like everyone that's most people that are like bigger into beasts and have done a lot more with beasts we just kind of accidentally happened upon the grid and that was kind of me i i had a friend tell me about it because i was doing the the montana beast in 2015 and they told me about it because they're like oh there's some people from seattle going over there you might 
see if you can hook up with them. And I'm like, sure. So I joined the Facebook group and then ran into Adam, or not Adam, but Andrew and Jason on the middle, on the hill. And they kept me from dying in Montana. If I hadn't been for them, I'd probably still be in Montana. when I did with my buddy, uh, I think the entire day took us almost 16 hours. It was completely brutal. We were close to an hour per mile time going at his pace. But, I mean, he finished. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if he finished first or if he finished last, he still crossed with the same medal. So. Yeah. Which year was that, 2016? Yeah, because if Virginia was on crutches, that would have been 16. So that's the year that we did 13 oh, yeah. and a half. Uh, yeah, yeah. That was 13 and yeah. a half hours that it took my group and we were the last ones. That's the year that we were the last ones to cross the finish line. I think Virginia and you guys probably finished right before us. <laughs> probably. I, I remember my friend was really mad because we passed a bunch of people at mile eight. No, 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 mile six. And they did cutoffs at mile eight because if you didn't reach there by a certain time, they cut you off. Yeah. And what they ended up doing is they picked up all these people at mile eight and then broke them all the way to mile 12 and then fucked them off to let them finish the race. So they actually finished just in front of us. Yeah, I heard about that. Because they, they had four miles less than everybody else, but that's told them, you run your race, you know, let them run theirs. If they're proud with what they did, then let them be proud of that. Be proud for what you accomplished. Give a little bit more than what they did. Yeah, no, when we got, when they caught up to us, when the sweeper caught up to us, he basically, we looked right at him, and Stevie was the one who said it. She's just like, you can do whatever you want, but we're finishing this way, race. You're not taking us off this mountain. And it yeah, was... And we, we crossed the road, and, and the truck came up, and they started screaming at us to come back and talk to him. I was like, I kept pushing my buddy forward. Said, we're not going back and talking to him, because they want to pull us off this course. Just keep running. Yeah. You know, if, they want, if they want us to stop, they have to come drag us off this course. Until then, we keep moving. Yeah, and that was us. And I mean, Hammond came up to us, and we're just like, yep. We're, we're, we're finishing this thing. And he looks at us and goes, that's a really good answer because everyone behind you quit. Let's go. <laughs> were, were you with uh, Emily on that one? Yes, that's when Emily was shuffling her feet and giggling. She, yeah, I, I heard the stories about that. It was very interesting. It was, yeah, it, it was scary, honestly. I mean, I've never seen anybody mentally broken that bad on a Spartan race. I mean, she was mentally broke, you know, and... Uh, but- if you compare that year to this past year, the difference between them, I mean, she improved so much. Oh, yeah. God, she's even better now. I can't wait to see her in Montana this year. Oh, yeah. She killed it last year. She was with my group, and again, and she killed it. She kept us all going, you know? And I mean, the one thing I do yeah, have to say about I'm Emily, surprised. I was going to say, she, even yeah, though she was... I'm surprised. I packed you guys up at the, at the Spirit Thrill, and I, I, had, I had already signed up for the Montana Beast before I was ever part of Beast OCR. Yeah. And so I was running it by myself, and I was like, oh, I'm not going to see anybody on this course, because you all have like an hour or two hours head start ahead of me. And then when I came across you guys, I was, it was such a relief, like, don't spend nobody on this course, finally. Yeah. I, I love those Spartan races, and there's a little bit difference between a Spartan race and a Tough Mudder to me, because at a Tough Mudder, everybody you meet wherever you're at is your friend, because the obstacles aren't designed to be by yourself. Spartan race, you know, somebody there and then you'll help, you know, help them and you move on. So I, yeah. I, I was so used to being on my own for so long that when I actually got a group of people I knew, my spirits just completely rose. It was like, oh, I'm finally back by myself anymore. Yeah, and that's what's awesome. I mean, the, the weird thing is, though, is, I mean, I've been on Spartan races. Like, I do Vegas every year. In Vegas, I'm always, okay. I go down there by myself. 
Usually there's nobody I know. I mean, I might know some of the people from like Warrior State of Mind and stuff like that, but I usually run alone, but I've never really been alone. You know, even this year, I didn't run with a group, but there was a certain group, couldn't tell you their names. I could probably pick them out of a lineup, maybe, that we just kind of kept passing each other. And when we'd get to obstacles, we'd help each other over and then move on. And it was like, it was almost like we were running it together, but really, I mean, we never really even talked. It was like, hey, can you give me a hand on this obstacle? Cool. And that was really it. But it was, you get that weird thing of like, you just help each other and keep moving. But, you know, you, you still, oh, you're never really alone. And, and like the one thing I was going to say about Emily is, and even when she was mentally broke, she would not let us do an obstacle for her. She's like, nope. She kept doing them all. She kept going over the wall. She's like, do you want one of us to just do the wall twice? So, we, you know, you can just do whatever. She's like, nope, I do the obstacle. And she was just mentally broke, but she still, every obstacle, she had to do it herself. And, and that was just what was amazing wow. to her. Yeah. Yeah. You know, every, every event, I find something or somebody that just completely inspires me all over again. There's so many amazing stories that you seem to find at every event. There is. And that's one of the reasons, I'll be honest, why I love doing this podcast is I get, I like the stories. I like the journeys more than I like anything else. You know, I've got, you know, interviews that I've done with, you know, we did a few with, you know, people that are big in OCR and stuff like that. I've got an actual another big one coming up here in a week or so with uh, one of the people that was on the Spartan World or Ultra Championship, the TV show. Um but it's really like when I talk to her, I'm like, I really, I'm not really interested in what happened on the Spartan TV show. We all saw that. We all watched the TV show. We know what happened. I want to know your journey. I want to know what got you there. And that's what I'm interested in. It sounds bad, but if you talk to people who have been athletes their entire life, there's not much of a journey there. They were born an athlete. They've always been an athlete. They work hard and they're an athlete. I, which I'm very proud. Great job, guys. But I like that story of the people who were an alcoholic, a drug addict. We're fat. You know, somebody exactly people who've come over overcome something. I mean, that just shows so much personal growth and strength. I mean, I've been, I, I am fat, but <laughs> I mean, I'm overcoming that. You know, I've overcome that before, and I, I let myself go back to it. Now it's time to overcome it again. But it's. Those are the stories I love. I love to hear the stories of people like Emily who, you know, she went out and got her ass handed to her in Montana and then came back the next year and handed Montana its ass, you know, and those are the stories I love. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I've gotten to the point where I, I'm just content with saying, listen, I'm not fat. Or no, I'm fat. I'm not out of shape. Yeah. That's what I say. Yeah. Well, my big... I, I, I keep trying. I keep trying to change my diet. I increased my exercise routine. I cut back on like drinking. Just every, I take every bit of advice I get from everybody and try to improve myself more and more. But I still fluctuate, uh, plus or minus like fifteen pounds per week, and it doesn't seem to matter what I do. I can't get under a certain amount of weight. So I mean, without stopping eating completely for like the next year, I am what I am. But you know what? I I still have to prove every year. So yeah. Like, and um, that's what matters. And I said to myself, I said, listen, I'm going to come under six hours. And then I came in at like five hours and 25 minutes. I was like, okay, I, uh, 35 minutes faster than what I expected. Um, it was uh, last year I saw that you completed your first marathon. Yeah. I was like, wow, okay. If, if you're doing this marathon, what we got coming up? And I was like, oh, we've got this 20 mile race coming up. 
so I did it with Virginia over the last month. Yep. And of course, uh, I got lost on the trail, and it circled me around the wrong way, and it circled me back to the start. So I ended up doing about almost 24 miles during that day. I was like, okay, well now I know I got distance, and my time's gotten better, and so what do we got next year? I was like, oh, they got 50k races. And I was like, okay, well, now we're going to start looking towards doing a 50k race. You know, it's, it, there's always a what's next about this that I really love. And every time I feel like I can't do something or I shouldn't do something, all I have to do is, is you just have to go to our least OCR page. And there's always somebody that's doing something that you haven't done. Yeah. It's something that's gotten to the point where, uh, like when you guys did a, a Spartan Vegas the other week, that entire weekend, I have to stay off social media. Because all I do is I sit at home, it doesn't matter if I have something else going on. I get so jealous that everybody out there is doing something that I'm out there doing. You know, it doesn't matter if I'm climbing a mountain that week or I've got a hike going on or I'm eating a workout. It's somebody else is doing something that I wish I could be doing. And now I'm just going to get mad. So I'm just going to stay on social media and try and focus on what I'm doing. Yeah. No, and, and I agree. I'm that way too. I see all these stuff people are doing. And that's one thing that I love is, like you said, you see you see stuff that other people are doing and you want to do it. And I mean, a lot of people don't realize that, you know, what, 2010, around there, 2010, 2011, I was doing half marathons, 5Ks, 15Ks, a whole bunch of them. And what got me doing OCR is I got bored. Road races got to a point, I'm like, it, it's boring. I mean, trying to do, you know, doing a half marathon, I'm like... Okay, I've been out here running down the road listening to music for an hour. Okay, I'm bored. What's next? You know, get me off this thing. And then I did my first OCR and I'm like, oh, I could do obstacles between the running. I like this. <laughs> so, but the marathon was just something I told myself I would do before I was 40. And I did it the Saturday before my 40th birthday. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have yet to do it. I'm only, you know, like less than three miles away from completing my own marathon. So hopefully next year I'll do that. Hopefully I'll get my first 50K in. Uh, before my 40th, I do have a plan to climb Mount Rainier, and that's something I've been working towards. So everything I do is slowly working, building up towards that goal. And I mean, the one thing is, too, it's like both of us talk about how the fact we're bigger guys. I'm a bigger guy, and I think I'm just going to kind of get used to it. I mean, I need to lose some weight. I do need to get smaller, but I don't, I'm never going to be a little guy. And I know that. And like you said, you're getting better though. You're not getting really smaller, but you're getting better. Your endurance is getting better. Everything else is getting better. And that's what matters. You know, and I'm one of those guys, when I got smaller before, when I dropped down, because I mean, if you see pics from me in like 2010, I was under 200 pounds. I, I was smaller. But um, it was one of those things. I never really weighed myself that often. I'd weigh myself once a month, maybe. I was more worried about the size, you know, it, it was how my pants fit. If all of a sudden my pants were getting too big, it's like, okay, I'm doing good. But if they were starting to get too small, okay, I'm not doing so good. And that was my measurement. It wasn't weight. Cause my problem is I get on the scale and it'd say I hadn't lost anything, but yet my pants were falling off. So it was kind of yeah. like, okay, weight doesn't work right. <laughs> you know, yeah, no, I hear you. Cause, uh, when I that, uh, that mile race Virginia last month, I came back to that race weighing six pounds heavier than when I left for that race. And I was like, okay, I, I got to stop looking at this now because it's just messing with my mind at this point. There's no way I just did almost 24 miles and felt heavier than I was when I walked out this door. Yeah. You know, it, and it's like, okay, if you went three, four years ago, I couldn't do this amount of miles. But now I can. 
work happening to get ready to start filling my own holes in this belt. Yeah. But yet, I'm weighing more than what I did before I started doing all this. So, exactly. I, I, we went down to Sacramento back in November, and like I ran into uh, Jeff, and, and they're giving me compliments. Oh, you look like you've lost weight. I'm like, I weigh more now than the last time you saw me. So I don't know how I could possibly have lost weight between then. And I noticed I started attacking people for giving me compliments because all I did was step on a scale and it says I'm heavier than I was before then. I, I don't know. It gets frustrating after a while, and eventually you just have to stop looking at that scale and just saying, you know what? My, my race time is better. The amount of weights I can lift is better. You know, and I, I'm a better overall person than where I was. You gotta stop worrying about this total number for pounds. Exactly. And that's it. It's. We got to stop looking at the pounds. I mean, it's just like you said. I mean, it's you're a better person overall. You got more endurance and. I don't know how to say it, but more than you're a better person. And for me, that's how I feel. You know, I'm a better yeah. person for being part of the OC, Beast OCR and stuff like that. I've, I'm a better person. The, yeah, the, no, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I get it all the time now where, because of Beast OCR, my days are completely full. I'm either, you know, communicating with people, especially now being part of the, the ambassadorship program, uh, being part of Beast Leadership, uh, planning workouts for Mary's home, uh, we've got our beast for a cause to worry about. It's just, it just depends. It's the day out. And then you talk to something. Like, how do you keep it all in check? I have no idea. I just, I just go. You know, my day starts at you know four in the morning, and it's about you know, whatever I can get done in between then. And and now is you know, I am as much of a day as possible while you can do it. Yeah, it's awesome. Right on. Well, I think. I was trying to think if there's anything else we wanted. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about? Um, um, I would just implore people to try and make it through our workouts. You know, we started off with a big local crew. Uh, we've lost a lot of the members, but uh, we've got our new ambassador, uh, was Jessica Martin. She's been bringing people down from Bellingham. I know it's a long time to but if anybody's up in the Northwest, you know, the North Northwest, that can make it out to our workouts, I'd implore you to do so. And it could just simply be because it's been winter time and people don't want to go out in the snow or in the rain at, you know, eight, nine in the morning to get muddy. That might be it. It turns out, you know, weather's warm. Let's get out, let's work out. Let's all, you know, be friends and smile and have a good time. That'll be fun. And there's, yeah, it's it's springtime. It's starting to get to be to be nice weather again. So, yeah, that's what you'll have to look forward to is nice weather, and hopefully you'll get more people out there. So, awesome. right on. All right. Well, thank you, Nick. It's been great talking to you, and I look forward to seeing Absolutely. you soon. All right, man. All right. I'll see you in two weeks, man, or two weeks, whatever the race is. So. All right. I'll see you then. All right. Take care. All right. Bye. All right, everyone. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back with another interview. Gray's Harbor Unders makes the performance-based layer clothing you want and need. Whether you work, hunt, hike, fish, run, or ride in the great outdoors. If you work up a sweat, Gray's Harbor Unders are for you because their unique dual-layer fabric removes moisture from your body and keeps your skin dry, even when the outer layer is completely wet. It's a base layer like no other. Get you some at ghunders.com. That's ghunders.com for the best performance-based layer you'll ever wear. All right, this is uh, Mike here with BeastNet. We're back from break with Patrick uh, Olson. And, yeah, how's it going, Patrick? It's going good, buddy. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. 
You know, just nice. gotta. It, it's St. Patrick's Day. I figure this is. You know, you must be celebrating big on this day. <laughs> Everybody would think so, but uh, with the red hair and uh, being named Patrick, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't have that much Irish in me. I've got, I've got very, very little Irish. It's mostly German and Norwegian. So where'd the red come from then? You really don't uh, see many... I'm a milkman. I don't, I don't okay. know. It's, it like skipped a, skipped a generation in my family. Like none of my, my mom and dad were uh, not redheads, but my grandmother on my father's side was a redhead. Yeah. I say at least it's at least it's somewhere in the family. It gets all weird when like the whole family's like blonde hair, blue eyed, and then there's this like redhead kid, and they're like, "Hmm, where did this guy come from? We checked the milkman lately." Hmm. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, I'm, uh, just to let everybody know, I'm coming off of a cold, uh, and I ran the Dirty Leprechaun uh, 5K mud run obstacle run down here in Portland today, and I've been standing next to bonfires all morning long, so. That's why my voice is kind of deep and manly sounding right now. But uh, if I break into a coughing fit, that's probably why as well. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. With the, all the exercise and workouts we do, none of us are used to having that smoke inhalation anymore. So. Yeah, no. Yeah, and I've, been, uh, I've actually been smoke-free for about three and a half years now, which is, uh, well, tobacco-free, but I've been smoke-free for a while. But that's awesome. You, uh, you have the tobacco, you always, yeah. whenever you go out and hang, hang with friends on a Friday night, Saturday night, hanging out, getting rowdy. Oh, hey, yeah, let me have one of those smokes. But, yeah, no. Yeah, it's been about, been about three and a half years for me since I've had any tobacco, which That's is awesome. awesome. It's been nine, nine months. Like yeah, nine months. Dude, I, I keep forgetting that you were like a smoker and everything, and that's so rad that you were able to, to just put it down and walk away and be like, I'm done with it. You yeah. just ate a cold turkey, right? Well, I did... I took Chantix, but it was kind of okay. one of those things. They told you to take Chantix for like two weeks and then quit. I think I took it for like a month and a half. Oh, dang. <laughs> and it didn't really seem to be doing much. So I don't, I, I, I'm pretty sure that helped, but it was just like one morning. It was kind of like, you know, I ran out of cigarettes and I'm like, oh, I better go. Nah, I don't need to go get any more. Yeah, see, I tried like the, the patches. I tried the gum. I tried the gum and the patches at the same time. And yeah. Uh, you know, it would work for a while, but then, you know, something stressful in life would come yep. by and be like, just break down and go get something. Yeah, and see, for this, me, this it was... Time that I finally, this last time that I finally just put it down and walked away, I just literally flushed the rest of the can of chew that I had, flushed it down the toilet and said, I'm done, and just walked away, and I haven't been back since. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, see, for me, it was, uh, I'd done... I'd done all of that. I'd done the, 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 the gum. I'd done the patches, the gum and the patches at the same time while I was still smoking. My heart loved that. But <laughs> yeah, <bad. laughs> but it was just I couldn't do it. And uh, it, it just happened to be the day I quit actually was my wife's birthday. Nice. So it's easy to remember. So if I ever forget her birthday, then I'm in a lot of trouble. But so it was my wife's See, birthday. It was, uh, it was my brother's birthday. My brother yeah. actually uh, came up with the idea. He was like, you and I both have been, you know, on the tobacco for a long time. Uh, you know, why don't we quit for my birthday? And I'm like, dude, that's a rad idea. I'm, I'm there for you, man. You're there for me. I'm there for you. You'll be my support system. I'll be your support system. Uh, he's in the military, so he was like overseas at the time. He's over in over in Korea. Yeah. And uh, he's like, I just, you know, I need you to be there if I need you. And I'm like, dude, my phone's always on, bro. And so wake up the next morning, and and I call him, and it's like the next day's night or something like that for where he's at. I'm like, how you doing? He's like, 
what do you mean? I'm like, how you doing without smoking, bro? He goes, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not going to quit on my birthday, maybe the day after my birthday. I'm like, what? You're still smoking? Are you kidding me, dude? Come on, you talk me into this. So then it became more of a, uh, I need to show him up. I need to show him that Big Brother can, can do the right thing. You know, you put, put me to the task and I'll, I'll prove you that I can do it. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, he's, unfortunately, he's still hooked on it, but uh, he's, uh, he's coming back stateside here before too awfully long. And I'll show, I'm sure I'll talk him into giving it up finally. Oh, yeah, it's not an easy thing to give up. I mean, I smoked for 24 years, so... Yeah, no, I'm, in, I'm in the same boat with you. I was like 15, 16 years old when I started smoking because yeah. it was cool. That's what all the cool kids did. Yeah, and that's how it was. Pool halls, play, play pools, yep. smoke cigarettes. Yeah, we didn't have cell phones <laughs> and stuff to keep us busy. It was just cigarettes and pool halls. But, exactly. <laughs> you know, and, uh, all my brothers, I'm the youngest of six. Oh, geez, you're the baby. Yeah, it's all my brothers smoked, and it was the cool thing, and I wanted to be like my brothers, and yeah, that was wrong. Now I've been most of my brother's bosses and fired him most of the time, so it's not cool to be like them anymore. <laughs> but, there you go. But uh, no, I I feel so much better. Um, I mean, I gained a lot of weight when I quit, which is my own fault, but it's now I have a new, a new place to start. So yeah, I'm not smoking exactly. anymore. I can lose the weight, and I can be a whole different person, so... Yeah, no, it's all about choices and the, the choices in which, uh, you know, and what we put in our bodies. You know, we're no longer putting tobacco into our bodies. So, you know, some people need to fill that with either eating or with uh, running stupid amounts of miles or, you know, jumping on a bike and biking across the country or, you know, put a rubber band around your wrist and snap it every time you think you need a cigarette. So, now it's just yeah. coming down to choices as to what kind of food you're putting in your body, whether it's, you know, yeah. I think you had like a pretty severe coffee addiction that was like, you know, thousand calories per coffee yeah. or something like that. <laughs> yes. And I've cut that back. I've cut back on that. I only drink like coffee at home and usually what I'll do is, or actually at work I'll drink it. But my first cup in the morning, I'll put a package of hot chocolate in it to sweeten it and yeah. then just keep filling the cup back up all day. Never let it really empty, but never putting any more. So it's like that one packet of hot chocolate like gets me through the whole day. So it, it, it's lessened it, uh, you know, that side. So I'm finding ways to cut that stuff out. And, you know, I, I do a thing with my, my wife and my mom and my sister every Sunday. We, we all cook something healthy and we go to my sister's house and have a little like dinner with a bunch of healthy food that we've all cooked one, something different. So, you know, it's just kind of one of those starts, things. Man. That's how it starts is yeah. by, by taking that first step, you know, taking that, that first step towards the healthy lifestyle. And if it's one day a week that you can get a, a good healthy meal in that doesn't have a ton of fat or you know a ton of carbs in it or you know just a well-balanced meal you know that's yeah. that's better than not you know and it all comes down to the choices and decisions as to what you do with your body yeah that's the kind of thing for me is i found this new miracle thing well i guess it's not really new but the miracle thing for me right now is cauliflower i hate cauliflower or i thought i did yeah but you could do you could do lots of stuff with cauliflower yeah. you can make I've done both it. of those can... so far. I yeah. made pizza crust out of it and actually worked out really good. And then yeah. uh, last weekend I made a like a Tex Mex like almost enchilada type dish. Nice. And it, I made it, took it over to my sister's house, and everyone's eating it. They're like, "This is amazing," you know. They're like, "But the rice and the carbs," and I'm like, "God, there's no rice in that." <laughs> yeah, they're like, "That's like, not rice." They're that's like, that's huh? not rice there, people. And I'm like, "That's, that's cauliflower." Yeah, that's cauliflower. <laughs> You know, it's a fun challenge to do, and I, I, I'm throwing this out there for everybody, is go vegetarian for a month. 
30 days vegetarian. Oh. Yeah, I'm not saying vegan, you know, because you got to have your milk. You got to have, you know, got to have cheese. And, uh, oh, yeah, you got to have cheese. But go vegetarian for a month. Because I thought, man, this is going to be so tough and the food is going to be so good and I'm going to get so tired of eating salads all the time. But after doing some research and looking into it and finding good recipes and whatnot, you know, I mean, I made, I made vegetarian uh, burgers one night. You know, it was, it was just like a black bean and, and cheddar cheese. That formed into a burger patty, and you know I'm like almost ready to give up regular hamburgers and go back to these vegetarian burgers because they were that good. But yeah, mm. I, I challenge everybody out there to go vegetarian for at least 30 days and just watch the difference in how you feel because I felt amazing while I was doing that. I uh, really sustained that with my 15 year old boy in the house. So yeah, he gets kind of antsy. And, <laughs> I know, I know that one. I do know that one. Yeah, no, I don't know if I could do the the vegetarian. I really, really like meat, but <laughs> oh, dude, I'm 100 percent carnivore, dude. I'll, I mean, my birthday every year, we we buy uh, like a like a 15, 20 pound brisket, and I smoke it out on my grill all day long and eat that. So I, I was leery if I was going to do it either because somebody challenged me to it. Somebody said, "I bet you could do." Uh, vegetarianism for for a month, and I'm like, no, I'm not gonna go full on vegetarian. You know, I'm still gonna eat eggs and I'll still eat fish, but we'll yeah. get all the the land animals out. How about that? So we did all that, cut out the chicken, uh, cut out beef and pork, and uh, yeah, it was interesting. It was it was challenging to come up with with good meals and you know stuff that tasted good and not just go to the de facto salads. You know, yeah. but, uh, I did have a fair amount of salads, but. From that, now I have like at least three or four salads a week for lunch. Yeah, because they're they're quick and easy. I take them to, uh, for lunch and uh, yeah, so yeah. And those are like the well best ones. It. Well worth it. Those, those are like the best. The salad you can pretty much make it, and you can get little things that you know Walmart or whatever little cases that you can put the salad in and take it with you. So oh yeah, the little the little Tupperware containers yeah. and whatnot. I mean, you can buy. Well, here's what I do. I, I get like a red leaf organic lettuce and uh, like a, a head of uh, organic romaine lettuce. And I know everybody's like, oh man, organic stuff is so expensive. All right, they're a dollar more than the regular ones. Yeah. I think I'm worth a dollar, you know, per, oh, yeah. per item. You know, in total, I think I'm spending five bucks more. No, oh, yeah. I think I, I think I got that. <laughs> it's not that bad. People make it a lot more than it is, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. But chop those up, throw some spinach in there, throw some bell peppers in there, some uh, some cabbage, if I got some cabbage laying around, some carrots, put a little sunflower seeds over the top, some dried cranberries, and uh, top it off with like a low-fat, uh, low-sugar uh, salad dressing. And that's lunch for a day. Maybe I'll throw some used, or not used, but uh, leftover chicken in there or like a can of tuna, you know, to get a little extra protein in there. But that's lunch, you know, three, four days a week most of the time just because they're easy to make and they keep pretty well in the fridge and they're portable. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's what's good about salad is, I mean, it is portable and it's good. I mean, it's, if you do it right, I think the big problem is most people just think of the the dinner salad that you get at a restaurant. But most... Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing, the thing to watch out for are the, like, the creamy ranch dressings, you know, that are super high in fat, super high in sugar, um, my latest kick right now is trying to get as much sugar out of my diet as possible. Yeah. Um, just because there's sugar in everything. I mean, you look at the oh. back of the label on everything and there's sugar. 
Um, yeah, it's, it's crazy. There's sugar, um, you know, freaking milk. There's sugar. They add sugar to milk. That's like, crazy. Why, you already have the lactose in there. And that's the sugar as well. So yeah. Well, I mean, see, for me, it's one of those. I I love. I like blue cheese. Blue cheese dressing yeah. is like my my. That's my killer. I mean, I can kill any salad with a blue cheese dressing if you let me. So, I've always got to watch myself. <laughs> well, just don't drown it then. You know, take a take a smaller portion. And I've been doing that. And part of the problem that I'd always have is I just you know pour it right on top of the salad, and then you get to the bottom of the salad and there's no there's no dressing, so you have to get more. And I figured out the trick is you know. Just gotta mix it up good. Well, that's a trick with the Tupperware. Is you put a little bit right on the top, and then you just shake the hell out of that thing. Yeah. And it it gets nice. Look at me, and I'm shaking my salad around to to stir it all up. I'm like, what? You never seen another man toss a salad before? (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Then, like other days for lunch, I'll do like the. Well, Lorenzo's turned me on to getting the uh, the sweet potatoes and cooking up some sweet potatoes and then throwing some chicken and some broccoli in there. I'll make up a couple other lunches. I used to do rice, but, well, I still will do rice just because it's cheap and it's easy and it's bulky. Yeah. It fills me up pretty good. Oh, yeah. The problem with rice, though, is it's like the one thing they used to always say when we were, you know, younger. It's Asian food. You're always hungry 30 minutes later, and that's how I feel with rice. Rice does that to me every time. But yeah, I but found... I have, I have a ton of chicken in there and a ton of broccoli in there. Right. A little bit of rice, not a ton of rice, but, you know... A little bit of rice, but a lot of broccoli and a lot of chicken. But I found the cauliflower rice. The cauliflower oh, rice yeah, doesn't cauliflower. do that to you. It doesn't give you that yeah. like thirty minutes later where it's like the rice is gone. And you're like, okay, I need more food, dang it. Yeah, so, I need to eat more now. Must, yeah. must get food into your belly. Yeah. So yeah, it's all and you know it's one of those things. I mean, I've you know like I've said before, I lost a lot of weight about six seven years ago. I lost about seventy pounds. Yeah. And a lot of it came down to it wasn't really – I didn't cut a lot out of my diet. I just changed the way I ate and how much. You know, it was – I started eating instead of – you know, my biggest thing was is I would eat – I get busy during the day and I don't – if I get busy, I forget to eat. It sounds stupid, but that's just the way my brain is. I'll forget. So I want to eat all day long and then I would come home and have like three plates of dinner to make up for it. Right. And so my body got used to that. It comes down to uh, a lot of lot of portion control. Yep. Um, yeah, I I have an inner fat kid, dude, and people have seen me just devour food. Like, uh, you know, family sized pizza, I could easily eat half to three quarters of that if I just sat down and hunkered down and said, "I'm doing this." I'd be comfortable as all get out the next day, but and yeah. later that night, but I could totally devour all that. And people look at me. I mean, I'm not a big dude, and people look at me and they're like. Where are you putting all this food? It's like I'm part cow, man. I got like fourteen <laughs> stomachs. In. Like, I don't know. I can yeah. eat. Yeah, so see, I definitely have to watch it too. Because if I stop working out, if I stop running, if I stop doing physical activity, I know I'm just going to balloon because I eat like crazy right now, and it's it's probably not the best for me. But I eat like crazy. Yeah, but I mean, as long as you're you're working out and getting, it's kind of one of those things you have to eat to your to your calorie intake. Your calorie intake needs to like go to what you do what you're burning. If you're only burning, you know, it's like they say, if you're only burning 2000 calories a day because you're sedentary, not doing a whole lot, but you're eating 3000 calories a day, you're going to gain weight. Oh, so, yeah, you know, it's, it's all, and for you, I mean, you do a lot of running, you do a lot of that. So you burn a lot of calories. So someone like me who 
the job I did have, I sat at a desk all day and I never really got up from it that often. I didn't burn a whole lot of calories. So that's why I'm, I'm hoping my new job, I can start burning calories again and, you know, get better. But, you know, Just set the alarm clock two hours ahead and uh, get up two hours earlier and go for a 5K a day. I've actually thought about it because my wife gets up with the new job. I don't have to be at work till an hour later and it's closer. So oh, there you go. So now you yeah. only got to set your alarm clock an hour ahead, you know, an hour earlier. And then you got two hours of time in the morning. Well, and that's it. If I get up, if I get up at the same time as my wife, I get, that gets me that two hours where I can get, there you, go. you know, and I have my treadmill in the house. If I don't want to go outside, I've got, you know, weights. So, I mean, I have ways to do it. So it's just a matter of right now of getting, doing it and getting myself on that schedule of doing it. So, and that's what so I'm working on. your wife a cattle prod so she can get you out of bed and get you motivated to move? I've thought about it, but I think she'd just use it for more fun than to help. <laughs> she'd just be chasing you around and arbitrarily at any given point. I just, there you go, buddy. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Next time we see Mike, he's got welts all over him and burn marks. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much what would probably happen. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh. So. Excuse me. Coughing shit. No, it's okay. So question for you, I know you, you know, you mentioned that you've been smoke free or tobacco free for three and a half years. You're a pretty healthy guy. And looking at you, I mean, most people would think that you're, you're one of those people that has just always been healthy. What, what changed for you to quit smoking? And I mean, were you always the skinny runner or did you all, that's something you worked yourself into? So growing up, I, I was, I was that kid that played every sport. I sucked at most of them though. Yeah. I was not good. Uh, my parents forced me into a lot of the sports and you're going to play this or you're going to do that or you're going to do this. And I was like, whatever, you know, if it makes you guys happy, whatever, I don't care. Um, but I fell in love with soccer. I love playing soccer. Uh, played it all the way through up and in, up into high school, up until my senior year. And then the, uh, the coach on the team came over and was like, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, you're not going to start uh, on the varsity squad this year because we got uh, this guy that's a little better than you. And But you'll be on the varsity squad, so you'll make your letter. Uh, I don't know how much playing time you're going to get. And I'm like, look, coach, my senior year, I've been busting my, my hump playing JV the last couple of years for you. Uh, I want to start. I want to play. He's like, well, I can't guarantee that. I said, well, I can't guarantee I'm going to play for you, you know, being that young, cocky kid that I yeah. was. And uh, it probably was about – six months after that I had my first cigarette and it was pretty much a downward spiral from there. You know, then it was like I'm smoking every day, uh, doing that underage drinking thing, going out and partying more and more just because I didn't really care. I was trying to be rebellious, trying to be that guy that was like, screw you guys, I hate you. I'm not going to listen to you anymore. I'm going to do what I want. Yeah. But uh, a lot of people have a, uh, a little voice in their head that says, you know, when you're drinking, like, hey, man, you got a good buzz going on. Uh, why don't you, like, try to maintain and hold this buzz for a little while? Yeah. The, uh, the voice in my head would say, hey, man, you got a good buzz going on right now. You really haven't drank that much. So imagine how much better this would be if you just drank, like, all the beer in the house. Oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah. I would, I would go to the nth degree and, uh, you know, I would get that blackout drunk and blah, 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 blah. And, Got to my early early twenties when it was you know quote unquote well not quote unquote but legal for me to go out and drink. Um, it was just it was all like Donkey Kong, uh, you know, raging raging alcoholic, uh, a functioning alcoholic. 
you know, I'd still go to work, but there was numerous times I'd go to work, you know, completely hungover, uh, or even drunk from the night before still. Um, you know, it's, it was drink to blackout on too many occasions. I couldn't even tell you, yeah. uh, woke up in strange places. Um, <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's an odd feeling waking up in the morning and kind of going, where am I? And what am I wearing? And I don't know these people. So, uh, you would think that would scare me straight. That just didn't happen. So, um, I never got super fat or anything like that, but I did see a few pictures of me, uh, in my late twenties, uh, early thirties. And I was starting to get that beer gut going. Yep. Starting to get a nice little rotundness. Um, I've always been that guy that's been like soaking wet in high school. I was, I think I was like 145, 150 soaking wet. Yeah. And I was pushing about 200 pounds at that point. And I was like, man, I need to start doing something. Otherwise I'm just going to end up like my dad and like my grandpa and like my uncle. And I mean, they all have the, have the quintessential American belly hanging off of them. Yep. And, uh, so I started doing a little running and I thought that was the stupidest thing ever. And, uh, just, but I stuck with it. And then I found out, Hey, if I go and do like these races, they actually give you free beer at the end of it. They give you like tickets to go get free beers. And I was like, well, let's go get some five K's and let's get some free beers out of this thing. <laughs> so started doing some five K's and, uh, got some free beers and I'd hit up people at the races, make friends with them. Be like, Hey, what's going on? And I, hey, do you want a drink? No, cool. Can I have your ticket? Awesome. Yeah. So I drank for free. Yeah. And uh, basically, I just said it was an it was an expensive or inexpensive day out drinking with a stupid run thrown in there. There you go. And uh, so yeah, um, just yeah, man, I just I was in a bad place. And you know, looking back uh, uh, on all of it, it's kind of like I was just trying to bury emotions, bury feelings, and just you know not deal with reality. I just wanted to be in that state of drunkenness forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Oh yeah, but, I know that. You know, Having a kid and you know wanting to wanting to be better than my parents were, then that, that kind of spurred me into the moment to kind of you know look at myself in the mirror a little closer. Um, I had a friend of mine that I worked with. Uh, he quit drinking one day, and I'm like, dude, why would you do that, man? He said, well, somebody told me that if you think you have a drinking problem, you probably do. And I was like, okay, whatever, you're a loser, you quit, I'm still drinking more beer for me, awesome. So, but I kind of, <laughs> later on down the road, that saying came back to me in, in my head, and I was just like, I wonder if I can do a year without drinking. I wonder if I could, because I, I was an everyday drinker. I was, after work, come home, and it was like a six-pack. And then, like, Friday nights, it was an 18-pack. Saturday night, it was, you know, another 18-pack, maybe a 24, and then if I was feeling froggy, I'd go get a fifth of whiskey and try to drown myself in that. And so, I mean, I was a drinker. Oh, yeah. Uh, another one of my favorite things that I tell people is I didn't have a drinking problem. I had a stopping problem. That I, I just didn't know when to stop. So yeah. I just kept going and going and going and going. And uh, finally, I just said, uh, hey, let's see if you can do a year. And this was probably like six years ago, I think, maybe seven, six or seven years ago. And I did it. You know, I was like, holy shit, I did a year without drinking. This is amazing. How I feel good. I've, I've lost that little bit of pooch that was hanging off of me. I've gotten faster and running. Uh, you know, I just I feel so much better. Uh, I don't wake up hungover or in strange places anymore. 
my social life kind of went down the toilets because you know that's where I would do a lot of drinking too is in social situations. So like I wouldn't go out to the bars or anything like that. So, but uh, after my one year uh, of not drinking, I went back to my old my old haunt, my old uh, bar that I would go to, and said, you know what? I've gone a year. I, I can have a beer, and I was right. I could have a beer that night. Yeah. But then the next weekend I had two beers. You know, still fine. You know, no big deal. But then the weekend after that, it was like three beers or four beers. And then it just started growing and growing and growing to the point that, you know, I was right back where I was a year and a half ago. And so I learned a pretty good lesson there that I have a very addictive personality and that I can't have any, I have no self-control over drinking. I don't have that moderation. I can't say I can have two drinks and I'm good. Because two turns into three, three into four, so on and so forth. So uh, January 1st, four years ago, was the last drink I had. I've been, I've been sober for four years now. That's awesome. And I, I tell you, I, I, I feel awesome. Uh, I'm 41 years old, and I'm, I'm beating the, the pants off of 20-year-olds and 30-year-olds running. Wait a minute. You're older than me? I don't think I could have done that. What's that? So damn it, you're older than me. Yeah, well, you know, not everybody can be as good looking as you, though. Yeah, the hair. <laughs> so yeah, I just uh, you know I, I had to I had to find that that self journey. Nobody was going to change it for me. I, it was something I had to change for me. Um, you know, it wasn't. I, I didn't say I've got to change for my son. I got to change for the wife. I, I got to change for this. I got to change for that. It was all just I have to change for me. I, I had to be self you know selfish about it and internalize it and just say this is for me and every day I still am like this is for me I have to do this for me and the day while we were uh, all out doing the uh, 30 leprechaun race out there in uh, Sherwood with uh, Terrapin events uh, we, we all go out on a second lap we call it our, our victory lap or, or the sweep lap and yeah. we goof off and you know we got Zane and Lorenzo uh, Jenna came over from Idaho to run with us, and Teresa was there. Uh, Tony, uh, one of the new beasts that we met down here in Portland, she was out there running with us. And, That's uh, awesome. Halfway through, halfway through the course, they've got a water and a beer station on the on this on this run. So, of course, everybody's like going over to the beer side. And I'm I'm the one guy over on the water. I'm like, man, this water is so delicious, guys! It's so awesome. And <laughs> we were the last ones through, and they're like. Take all the beer you want. Do this. Take it. Take it. Take it. Pick it up. We're just going to toss it out. I'm like, hey, I have two hands. I'll carry beers for you. And so there I was carrying beers. Lorenzo looks back at me. He's like, Patrick, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm not drinking, bro. Don't worry. It's cool. I'm just carrying these for people. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, and, you know, three years ago, there's no way I could have done that. But yeah. like today, I was just like, yeah, I'm just I'm carrying liquid. It's not even beer to me anymore. It's just I'm carrying this for this person. Who cares? Whatever. Yeah, but you know, a year and a half ago, or, or three and a half years ago, it would have been like, um, "Are you going to drink this?" Because I will, if you don't want to. You, know, you would have stopped at the station; abuse. they would have dragged you're, you back. You're not paying attention to it. This is alcohol abuse. What are you doing? So, yeah, they would have to be yeah. dragging you back from the the beer station. Yeah, and I was able. You know, there's no no issues whatsoever with it now. You know, now I can be around drunken idiots and. It, it doesn't bother me. Yeah, drunken idiots bother me, but you know the the fact that I'm not that drunken idiot, I'm kind of happy with that. That's awesome, and I mean, that's one of the things that's hard sometimes is when what you've quit doing is right in front of you. 
and you know all you have to do is say, hey, can I have one of those? You know, I do I do the Renerdish podcast. My other podcast is Brandon Valentine. And we filmed that one in or recorded in a little studio at my friend's house. And he smokes like a chimney. He like chain smokes. And he'll chain smoke basically while we're recording. And it's kind of one of those things. It's his studio. You know, I did smoke in it when we first started. And I don't want to tell him to stop. But it's like one of those things that it's like, it does make me happy to know that I can sit in there every week for an hour or more with him chain smoking and not want one. I've finally gotten to that point where cigarette smokes disgusting to me. The smell of oh, it. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and, and once you, you get a little further down the road, you, you start smelling it on people. Not so much the, the people that just came in off the street, you know, just took their last drag off their cigarette, put it off and put it out and then came into the building. But the, you know, put it out like two hours ago, three hours ago, and then you can smell it on. You're like, man, you're a smoker. They're going, yeah. no, I haven't had smoke at all. And they're like, no, you got something on you, man. It's like, oh, yep. yeah, I had one like four hours ago. And it's just your, your sense of smell and your sense of taste come back to. You know, when I quit smoking, that was the one thing I started noticing more is the more I enjoyed food. It just tasted so much better. And it's just like, oh, man, this. This double chocolate fudge, German chocolate fudgy cake thing just tasted amazing. Where before it was like, meh, it's kind of bland, whatever. Yeah, and that's kind of the problem, though, is everything tastes good to me now, and I want to eat it all. <laughs> well, that doesn't go away, brother. So, you know, that's that's where the next stage comes in. It's being able to go, do I really need that? And no, that's, I don't really need that. That's what I'm working on now is getting to that point where I can figure that out, getting a workout schedule set for myself so that – my goal is before I leave for Hawaii, I want to be at least at least fifty pounds before I leave for Hawaii, and that's in August. That's totally doable. You could be even less than that if you if you wanted to. You could be you know sixty pounds down if you wanted to be. And see, and I know I can because I've done when I lost before I lost seventy in about nine months. So I well, know another, I can. another thing that I'm that I'm kind of I'm kind of digging right now is the. Um, what's the saying was uh, I had it and then it lost it but uh, basically telling yourself that it will happen you know without yeah. a doubt in your mind building yourself up and just saying this is gonna happen you know um, you know if you start saying by the time I go to Hawaii I will be 50 pounds less instead of I want to be I will be yeah you know changing that that frame of reference in your mind not not like there's an option you know it's gonna happen you are going to do it there's no ifs ands or buts about it um, and that, that is one of the things that I did when I quit drinking like I am now a non-drinker I am now a sober person it's not like I think I'm a sober person it's I am I have to be you know and I have to change certain things in my life you know I gotta change my routine so it's all about changing the routines and changing patterns and uh, finding the, the pattern that is best for you and being able to move forward uh, with the with the healthier lifestyle, if that's what you're choosing, you yeah. know, if you're choosing a, a crummy lifestyle, you're probably not listening to this podcast in the first place. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> choosing choosing a, a crummy lifestyle, you know, it's like, well, how can I inject more and more for heroin into my bloodstream? You know, or, you know, whatever. Or something it's, of that. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's for, whatever you you tell yourself you are, or you think you can do, or can't do. Um, you're right. Yeah, you know, if you, exactly. If you say you you're can't right. do something. You're right. You're not going to do it. You're going to fail. If you tell yourself, there's no way I'm going to fail, that I'm going to make this happen, it's going to happen. 
you know, it, it well, along those lines, but it will happen. And that's the thing for me is, I mean, I'm telling myself I'm going to be 50 pounds lighter, but at the same time, you have to come up with a plan too. And that's what I'm working on right now is coming up with the plan of how, how I'm going to make sure that I'm 50 pounds lighter. So, you know, and this and is like, what I'm like going to said earlier. It's all, uh, it's all the numbers game. You know, yeah. it's a calorie intake versus calorie output. You yep. know, as long as you are outputting more calories than you're intaking, you're going to lose weight. And it doesn't really matter the, the micro or the macros that you're putting in. It's as simple. I mean, to dumb it down, it's a simple numbers game. You know, if yeah. you're taking in 2000 calories and you're expending 3000, you're going to lose weight. If you're taking in 3000 and expending 2000, you're not. Yeah, exactly. And that's what it comes down to. So it's, yeah. And I mean, it's people, you know, I think people like us, you know, like you and me who quit tobacco, we're doing things to make ourselves better that, you know, those are the stories I like. I like to hear the stories about people that even if, you know, yes, smoking tobacco was our choice. Doing those things was a choice that we made, but we decided to overcome those choices and be better people, you know, and that's the stories I love to hear is people that have come back. I mean, let everyone out there know, hey, there's other people out there that have been through the same stuff that you've been through. You know, it may not be exactly the same, but there's been something like it and they'll help you get through it. So that's what I think is awesome, especially in the beast. I mean, I have never met a group of so many people that have been gotten through so much. Um, There's not one. There's there's a lot of, a lot of beasts that have had to overcome a lot of things and, uh, you know, or, or have gone on enormous weight loss journeys and, you know, coming back from the brink of death from, you being like morbidly obese to now getting out there and getting their trisectives. And I, I think for me, the, the people that put in the hard work and, you know, change their bodies, um, you know, that physical change that, that gets me, uh, just riled up and going when I see somebody out there that, you know, is, is overweight, that's obese or morbidly obese, but they're out there killing it. I'm just yeah. like, yes, that is exactly it right there. You were, you're, you're killing it. You're out there pushing it. Um, you know, and people look at me and they're like, dude, you're the, that fast guy, you know, you run really quick and you get through all these obstacles and whatnot, you know, but I still have my inner demons, you know, I mean, oh, yeah, we all do. everybody has them and, you know, it's, it's not any easier for me than anybody else, uh, you know, getting up at four o'clock in the morning and going for a run, you know, that's, I do it by choice, but that's really the only time I, I have to work out. Uh, by the time I get home, I'm always tired and then gotta cook dinner and hang out with the kid and make sure he's doing his homework and then by the time I know it it's like 8 o'clock at night and I'm like hmm, my couch seems very comfy right now I don't think I want to get off of it yeah and that's just it and I mean it's like I've talked about in you know other episodes where I've talked about like injuries and stuff like that where you get an injury and it's all about mental your mental thought you know it's like you said about getting up at 4am that's your decision yep. to get up at 4am you know like for me when I hurt my foot and I gained some of the weight back it's like you know Everyone's like, oh, oh you were injured. That, that's expected. I'm like, yeah, but I made the choice that, hey, my foot's hurt. That means I need to lay on the couch and eat potato chips. Yeah. I was going to say your foot's injured, but your hand and your, and your mouth aren't. No, exactly. <laughs> you know, and and you, just, you just you felt sorry probably for yourself. Like, oh, man, I'm hurt. This sucks. Yep. I'm bummed out. Potato chips sound pretty good. They make me feel happy. Yeah. Uh, you know, waking up at 4 a.m., everybody's like, man, how do you do it? How do you get up? How do you get moving? How do you... Hey, why? What are you thinking? And it's just like I just took the cha- the choice out of it. 
you know, I just made it so it wasn't a choice. It was like, I'm doing this. I got to get up and get moving. Yeah. Um, Mallory Bird, she, she wants to do a uh, uh, half Ironman triathlon this year. Oh, that's and awesome. She threw, she threw it out to, to the group of us, and uh, she's like, who wants to do this with me? And I immediately was like, sure, why not? I'll do it. You know, and I've done a few triathlons, but nothing like half Ironman. Uh, but uh, as of late, I was like, well, part of the triathlon is swimming. I'm not the greatest at swimming. I'm not going to sink, but I'm not fast. So, See, that's my – Guess who's going to the pool now at five o'clock in the morning? And see, that's my thing is I thought because a triathlon honestly is on my bucket list. It's on my list. I want to do a triathlon, not an Ironman one. I mean, eventually, probably, but I want yeah. to do a triathlon. But my biggest fear is I am I'm a horrible swimmer. Like right. I'm not gonna drown per se within the first fifty feet, but any farther than that from land, and there's a chance that I'm not gonna make it. <laughs> Well, I, I, I can I can give you some assurance. They do have uh, rescue swimmers out there. They do have uh, people in kayaks. Um, now, do you get disqualified if they have to help you? Have a wetsuit, uh, <laughs> you'll become kind of neutrally buoyant in the wire, water. So, see, that's the problem. Do I don't. I don't become. I've got a. I, I've got a diving. I, I, you know, I've a certified scuba diver. When I took okay. the class, I couldn't stay afloat without having a, a buoyancy compensator. Literally, the wetsuit, everything. I would sink to the bottom and I could sit on the bottom Indian style and just sit there. Well, that's good though because that means you got more muscle than you do fat. Yeah. fat floats and muscle sinks. And that was my biggest problem when I took the class. I mean, even the instructor's looking at me going, you need to take some weight off. You know, some of the, 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 you know, the weight that you're supposed to wear for yeah. diving to help help you sink. And I'm like, um, I'm not wearing any. I don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, I've yeah, that's weird. <laughs> so I... I'll tell you what, if you, if you sign up i'll tell you right now if you sign up for a, a triathlon i'll come do it with you okay i'm gonna have to look I'll for be one right there i'll be there right there by your side i won't leave your side i'll swim with you i'll run with you i'll bike with you whatever i'll, I'll come do it with you i'm gonna have to look at that because I, I that's on my bucket list i mean you you know a marathon was on my bucket list and my my crazy ass did one in november so yeah, if, if i could have made it up there for there i would oh. i would have been there for that too but uh, if you want to come down to Portland, there's a there's a good one uh, down this way. That's that's a relatively flat course too. Uh, not a not a whole bunch of hills or anything around it for for biking and the running. That would be the, good because Seattle is very hilly. Too. That's the nice thing is the swim's pretty flat. Yeah, usually. <laughs> if the swim's not flat, it means you're yeah. <laughs> yeah, as long as you're not going up, you're okay. But I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll commit to that, dude. If you uh, you sign up for. Uh, Triathlon, I'll come do one with you. All right, I'll have to look for one. Find a few and and send it to me. Maybe we can get a whole beast group and we can just tear one up. Yeah, there we go. I like that. That'll be fun. All right. Did you so, have? Yeah, that's uh, that's my pretty much my little journey through through all this, and I'm just hoping to get faster and better and quicker and longer distances. And ran a, ran my first fifty k this year. Uh, How'd that go? That was nutty. That was nutty. Um, it was a it was a trail run a mud run so that was nice you know it wasn't on the hard pavement and beat myself up like like I did during the marathon uh, I actually enjoyed my fifty k way more than my marathon marathon hurt now how far uh, is a fifty k didn't hurt too much what's that how far is a fifty k and if you say fifty kilometers I'm gonna smack you right to the phone <laughs> uh, uh, fifty thousand <laughs> kilometers but uh, uh, it's uh, thirty miles okay so it, it, I think technically it should be like. 
32 miles because the 5K is 3.2, but I think the math gets off there somewhere between metric and the imperial system, but it's, it was 30 miles, and uh, it was a rugged, uh, hilly, soggy, wet, slippery, nasty, snotty trail, and uh, my abductors and my hip flexors and hips just were not liking me at the end, but uh, I, I still felt way better than I did after running the, the pavement marathon down in Vegas. Uh, so I'm kind of, I'm looking for more 50K trail runs, maybe a 50 miler to uh, see if I can do that. And who knows, you know, maybe eventually we'll go tackle a 100 mile run. I, I've been watching some some of those on uh, on YouTube, watching people's, uh, uh, you know, like self videos and highlight films from it. And, you know, it looks like a stupid good time and I'm in for that kind of stupidness. So nice. you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, see, I've got a, that, that's my thing. Like I said, I, I think, now that I have this new job where I can, my, my schedule's changed and I'm not working as much, like I can leave work at work. And plus I, I'm i not sitting at a desk all day, I'm up and moving. I mean, it's like I have my, my Fitbit. I hit my my goal on Thursday before noon because I was walking job sites. So, I mean, it's, you know, I'm not at a desk anymore. I'm up and moving, I'm more mobile. And I think that's going to be good for me. Um, yeah, during, so, yeah. during the summer months, there's uh, quite a few mornings that I'll go out for you know six, seven, eight mile run in the morning, and I already hit my step goal before I've had breakfast because of because of running. Which is good, and I mean that's the thing for yeah. me is I mean I have like I said I have a treadmill in the house if I if I don't want to go outside, but if I feel like going outside, there's a there's a park across the street from my house that yeah, I've so you had like a perfect little five k loop like down to this park and back to your house or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I do. They, I, I haven't figured out exactly where to go on this park to leave my front step, run all the way out, you know, do the loop and come back to my house. And I hit like a 5K as I'm coming back down my driveway. Perfect. You should just yeah. do that every morning. You know, get up, get up that hour early, uh, two hours early, you know, slap the shoes on, run down to the park, come back. You got a dog, take the dog with you. I could probably do that. I could take my wife's dog. My dog, I can't. My dog wants to eat everybody. Oh no! See, my dog gets another dog that likes to chase every wisp of wind. Yeah, see, my dog just it wants to eat every living thing that's around us. <laughs> human, well, you know, dogs. At in the morning, that might be a good thing. You know? Yeah, human, other dogs, squirrels, whatever. If yeah, it moves, he wants to eat it. <laughs> he's kind of a jerk, but he's my dog. I like him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like like I was saying, you know the the. The key to it all is to change the pattern, change change yes. what you're doing. Um, and if you're you know sleeping in until eight o'clock in the morning, then don't you know change the alarm. It's easy. You know you can change the alarm. You can get up. Is it going to suck? Heck yeah, it's going to suck for the first month or so. But then it kind of becomes routine. Now you got a new routine, and now you're putting in the work and you're getting out there and you're you're making it happen. Uh, but if you don't change it, then things to change exactly and i mean the thing was too is i remember from when i was because the way i lost weight last time was i worked at a company where there was a gym in the building so what i would do is every day instead of going out to lunch with everybody i'd go down to the gym for you know half an hour take a shower and then eat something at my desk that was my lunch break and that's what helped me lose all the weight was doing that um but the one thing i noticed was after lunch i was more productive 
after I had that workout and working out, you had all the, the feel good chemicals flowing through your brain and you're just like, man, I feel awesome. This is so, so badass right now. I'm going to kill work. I'm going to crush it. I'm going to do all this stuff. Yep. I mean, that's what I love about getting up early in the morning. I mean, there's been times I've been out on a run and I've been two miles in or three miles in on a run and still been asleep, you know, but then I start hitting my stride and I start feeling better and then I get back home and I'm just like, it's going to be a good day, man. I just rocked a six mile run. You know, it's 5.30 in the morning now. I'm freaking feeling good, you know, down that protein shake, shower, shave and get the lunch out of the fridge and I'm like, man, I'm rocking. I feel good now. Yeah. I know that's probably going to be the suckiest part of my day too is you know, getting up that early and going for the run. Yeah, it kind of makes dealing with junk and the rest, rest of the day a little bit easier too. It does. And I mean, that's just the thing. It gives you that energy. And I mean, honestly, you know, really you go out and do a three or four mile run. That's one less cup of coffee you need for the day. Yeah. I mean, it's better than coffee. I mean, it'll wake you up and it'll keep you going. And I mean, that's one of the things I need to get back into is getting up that early in the morning and just going for it. And that's, that's part of my, my plan going forward is just getting up earlier, doing a, you know, workout before I leave for work. So you, you want me to call you at five o'clock in the morning? Yeah. I'll, I'll call you. <laughs> I know you I'll will. I'll call you at 5 a.m. Can I mic you up yet, buddy? Let's go. Come on. I'm already four miles deep. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> All right. Is there anything else you wanted to bring up before we go? I, we're kind of hitting almost that, that hour mark. No, I'm, I'm, I'm got, uh, you know, just, just the, you know, I'm part of the Beast OCR Pro Team, uh, which is sponsored by GH Enders, which is, uh, I think our commercial break, wasn't it, that you had there at the beginning yes. or something? Yep, it was right, right yeah. before you came on. Yeah. And, uh, just, uh, still waiting to get some stuff from them. I ordered uh, some compression gear uh, from them. Haven't got it quite yet, but I can't wait for it to get in the mail. Uh, I know uh, Ted has been ranting and raving about it. Adam loves it, so... I want to see if these guys know what they're talking about or not. I'm sure it's awesome stuff. Oh, everything I hear it is. I need to get some. I know Emily just did a Greek peak in the snow and said it was amazing. With all of her GH under stuff that she's got, she's got a bunch of it as well. I know she posted, said it was awesome, that it was amazing. Greek peak, I mean, it kept her warm during that. She did the uh, resolution run actually with me and Amber where you ended, did a 5K and ended by jumping into the Lake Washington at the end. And I know she was wearing it then, you know, back in January, and she said it was awesome then nice. too. So it, it's That's some awesome. good stuff. I need to get me some so that I can I can really talk about how great it is. But yeah, that's that's my thing too. Is like uh, I'm glad that they're sponsors for us and that they're they're helping out the the beasts and the uh, the the pro team and the ambassadors and everything. But you know, I want to I want to get it in my hands. I want to put it to the test. That way, I can say with confidence that this is the best stuff on earth. And, you know, Ted already says it's the best stuff, and so does Adam. And, I mean, those guys, Ted lives in Idaho, so I know it gets cold and snowy there. And I know Adam likes to go play in dark places at night, the forest and whatnot. So, if they're oh, yeah. both saying it's awesome stuff. I'm yeah, Adam's, much, gonna, Adam's weird really. like that. What's that? He said Adam's weird like that, where he just likes to randomly go play in the woods and shit. So. Yeah, it, it might be some cult or something. I don't know. He might be pagan or something. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not I, judging. I, I'm just glad he found found Janelle, who seems to be you know on that same crazy wavelength as him. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least she knows what side the gas pedal's on. So. Yeah, that's good because Adam doesn't. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's that's pretty much everything I got, brother. I mean, unless there's more questions you got for me, I'm 
I got nothing else planned the rest of the day. I might go do some laundry or something, but uh, other than that, that's all I got for you, my man. Right on. Well, you enjoy the rest of your St. Patrick's Day. I'm going to... Oh, thank you, laddie. I'll tilt back a pint of water for the rest of you. Right on. I'm going to go listen to some uh, some good Irish movie music and maybe listen to Kiss Me, I'm Shitface or something by, you know, something good. Make sure you dance a, dance a nice little Irish jig tonight. Oh, I will. There's, I have no Irish. I'm half English and half German, but, you know, my wife's yeah. Irish and so are my, my, my kids. So, you know, it works. <laughs> well, there you go. All right. Are you uh, going to have the corned beef and cabbage tonight, then? No. No. Oh, man. No. It's like one of my favorite dishes. No, I've kind of, I've kind of wanted to, but I don't know how to cook it yet, and I haven't really looked it up, and I don't really want to try tonight. So my wife's actually had a roast in the oven that smells, or not the oven, but the crock pot that smells amazing. The whole house smells amazing at the moment. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's like, yeah, I can't make it up there in time for dinner. Maybe next time. Yeah, I know. I made a, I made a great potato soup yesterday from scratch, and that's kind of where we're going. On we've been doing a lot more home cooking. Yeah. Just getting the stuff and making it at home. And I mean, that's one thing a lot of people don't realize. Like chili, chili is amazing for you if you make oh, it yeah. from scratch. It's easy to make, too. It's so simple to make. It's not even funny. But if you go get like Nally chili and make it out of the can, that's horrible for you. Yeah, the process yeah. and like additives and junk into it. And, yeah, but yeah. if you make it from scratch, there's so many things that people love, like pizza and stuff like that. If you make it from scratch and take out some of the crap, that they put in it, it oh, can yeah. be amazing for you. So, just a matter of figuring out how to best make it. Pizzas I ever made was like an almond flour uh, crusted pizza with uh, spinach and, and roasted chicken with some garlic on there and a little bit of mozzarella over the top. Oh, oh that does it sound was amazing. So good. I was like, this is good pizza, and I mean, it was like a crackery crust type uh, type crust, and I was just like, man, this is amazing. I wish I could right. make this every night, but I don't have the I don't have the drive or the ambition to be a chef or to cook full time. And if it's quick and simple, I'll make it. But if there's more than like four steps in it, I'm kind of like, Meh. yeah. And see, most of the stuff, I mean, chili and stuff like that, you can do in like four steps, and it's good for you. You know, and that's yeah, just exactly. I mean, you, you, you get all the beans together. You throw basically just throw it all into a crock pot, turn it on before you go to work. You go yeah. home and voila. You got chili. Yeah. It's the magic of modern science. And what I'll do a lot of times, I'll over like. There's three of us in the house. I'll make enough for like seven people. Yeah. But then I put then it in. Lunch the next day. Yeah, I'll have lunch for like the next, you know, three or four days. I'll just put it, you know, uh, a serving and eat at different bowls, you know, and put them in the fridge and then, you know, grab one. Here's my lunch for the day. I don't have to grab anything else. I got a nice healthy chili. So. Yeah. And it's totally got lots of fiber. In. To, yeah, it totally beats going to like freaking those fast food restaurants or the little taco truck down the road or the, the Koi yeah. Fusion food truck or whatever uh, and that's what i've got to get in the seattle areas they are down here the which ones the food trucks oh yeah they're all over the place yeah there's one oh one of the comedy shows i do there's a filipino one that's amazing though but yeah <laughs> oh no they have good food but oh, it's yeah. just like eh, you know if you can make the stuff at home and yep have it you know taste just as good for half as much why not exactly and i mean it's cheaper and it's better for you so, and you just have to find those recipes online. And honestly, if you guys want any of the good recipes, let me know. I've been looking for them and finding them so that I can make them for my family. I can shoot you some good. I got a good pizza recipe made with cauliflower, you know, a cauliflower crust. It's amazing. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. That's good stuff. It is. So. Cool, man. 
man. All right. Well, it's been fun talking to you, and we're going to have to do this again sometimes because I feel like we could do this like once a week and just chat and have a blast. So. Oh, yeah, we could just have a it could be the, the fireside chat with yes. Mike and Pat. <laughs> so we need to definitely do this more often. So, all right, perfect. So you have, yeah, you have a great rest of your day, and I will, I will see you later. You as well, and now that I've got your phone number, uh, if you get some random call from me at 5 a.m., you better get up and start doing it. All right, you got it. All right, brother. All right. All right, talk to you later. Yep. Bye. Thanks for listening to the BeastNet podcast brought to you by Beast OCR. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear. You can find us on Facebook or at BeastOCR.com.